Hello and welcome to the In the Game Room podcast. This is audio episode number 36. I am in the game room tonight and I am sitting at my workbench assembling some uh, miniatures, some 28, 28 millimeter World War II dudes. I'll talk about more about them in just a minute. Um, I don't have any script in front of me. I don't have any ideas. I don't have any outlines. I'm just going to kind of ramble on this one and see where it goes. I'm going to sit here and work on these miniatures while I'm talking to you guys. So if that sounds interesting to you, sit back and uh, let's see what happens. So here I am at the workbench working on some miniatures. I just got back from a convention in Los Angeles. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, If you hear noises, I'm working with tools and stuff here. So that's what that is and glue. Um, So I was at a convention in L.A. There's three conventions a year put on by Strategic On. You've probably heard me talk about them many, many times on this podcast. We even did a couple of podcasts with some of the members of the Strategic On organization, so you're probably pretty familiar with them. Anyhow, they do these things three times a year. This was the last one of the year. Um, it was a great con. There were a lot of people there. Um, I think, I don't know the exact numbers, so I don't, I don't even ask anymore. I just know from my being in the dealer room, seeing how many people I see and, you know, how my sales go, that's kind of how I judge how the con went. And this one went very well. Um, but I think there were probably about 2,500 people, which I think is a pretty good number for this con. Um, the the, uh, the thing I wanted to mention about the con was that uh, a lot of us guys that work at the con, you know, having a, a booth in the dealer room or the guys that actually work for the con itself, uh, we don't get a lot of chance to, uh, to play games because we're working all the time. And then when we get off work, you know, at night, uh, we're kind of tired usually. So um, this time we made an effort, myself and uh, some of the guys in the miniatures department, we all got together and said, uh, let's, you know, actually play some games this time. And to make sure we do, let's actually make it official and get them on the on the convention schedule. That way there's no, you know, at the last minute going, ah, I'm tired, I don't feel like it. So we did. We got our games on the schedule, and they went off, and it was great. Um Saturday night, my friend uh, Mike, who is the he's the miniatures coordinator for the con. He's the guy that schedules all the events and makes sure everybody's got a table. And you know, he's the he's the head of the miniatures department, I guess you'd say. Um, anyway, Saturday night he ran uh, a force on force game, and I've owned force on force for a long time. I know the guy. Uh, that wrote it and his wife were good friends on Facebook communicating all the time and I've worked with him um, on some projects in in the past there's a few supplements for that game where the book is uh, full of our uh, scenery that I supplied to him so that he could do that so we've worked together for for years and I know the guy Um, in spite of that I have never I had never played the game until until last weekend I've owned the book, I've owned all the supplements, everything, and uh, I just never got the chance to play. So I got the chance to play uh, Force on Force with uh, the game Mike was running, and uh, and it was really fun. It um, It's a very sort of 
I guess you'd say it's a technical game. Um, no, I don't know if it's technical or not. Um, it's it's a little bit of a slow game. There's there's a lot to a turn with the reactions and things like that. And I don't mean that in any kind of bad way at all. Um, it was very fun, the whole thing. But it did take, um, I think about, how long we were there? Two hours or so? Let's see, this started seven, eight, nine, no, about four hours. And we only got a couple of turns in. But Again, that I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It was it was real. Every bit of it was fun. So I guess it doesn't really matter how long a game takes, as long as you're having fun. And we did have fun, so that was a success. Okay, trying to get a hand to fit here. Okay, there we go. Um, so that yeah, that game went really well, and I enjoyed it. And I hope to play Force on Force again. I have to talk to Sean, the uh, the man that wrote the game, Sean Carpenter, at Ambush Alley Games. I got to talk to him and see sort of what's going on with that game because um, the the printed version of the book is no longer available. I know that it's out of print. The uh, you can buy the PDF online, and that is just as good because it's the exact same book. It's just an electronic format, but. Um, I'm not sure what the future of the game is, if there's going to be another edition or if there's going to be a re-release or what. Uh, I, I do want to find that out. Because now that I've played it, I'm a little more interested in it. And uh, Those who don't know what Force on Force is, it is a modern uh, sort of platoon level or squad level uh, skirmish game. I think it can be played in a, in a few different scales, but I think most people play it in 20 millimeter, and that's what we did. We played in 20 millimeter, and uh, we had a board that was probably about five foot by five foot. I think um, I, I think it can be played on a smaller board if you want. I think even like a two foot by two foot or three foot by three foot, depending on how many guys you're going to have. I guess that kind of decides how big a board you want to use. Um, but like I said, it was a it was a real fun game. Um, I, I like modern war games. When I play micro armor, it's always super ultra modern. So it was kind of cool to play a you know a small squad uh, modern skirmish war game. It's on sort of the same scale as bolt action as far as you know forces. Um, of course, it's a, you know they've got their whole their own. Uh, point system and all that stuff, so it's nothing like bolt action, but I mean just as far as the, the number of guys on the board It's probably very comparable to a You know three to five hundred point bolt action game um, Okay, that fits on there nice, okay um, So enough on that it was it was a, it was a great time um, Then Sunday night I ran a game of bolt action with a lot of the same players. It was all, it was just you know us, us friends getting together and playing. Um, this was the first time I ran a bolt action game of this size, as far as the number of people and the number of different. Uh, what do you say this? Well, the the different die colors. Let, let me put it this way: there were three people per side. Each person had two to three squads, and each person had their own order die color. So. Even though there were three people all working together, they uh, they had their own they had their own colored order dice. So when something came out, you didn't know what side it was for, and and then when you find out what side it's for, you're not sure what what person what player is going to play. So um, so it was cool. There was um, three six. Like I said, there were eight eight 
uh, squads per side divided among three people. So two people had three squads and one guy had two. That's just it's just the way it worked out with the number of people we had. But um, as far as point value go, um, I've played games that size. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. It was around 500. Um, so that's not a big deal. But the number of players, I, I hadn't I hadn't run a game with that many players before. I'd been involved in a game with that many players and that many dice. But uh, this is the first game that I set up the scenario and the board. And um, I actually intended on playing, but we got we got six people that wanted to play. So. As the guy running it, it's uh, my job to step down and you know let let them have their fun, and it was still real fun, still real fun, just standing there, just kind of you know pulling dice and kind of refereeing where I needed to. And it was uh, it was it was a real good good time. Um, again, it was you know a lot of friends we know each other, so of course it was going to be fun, um, but. One of the things I noticed in some games, some games you'll get an unhappy player, it, and it and it happens. It's, I had I had a really good example of this several years ago, running a big micro armor game. One guy just he got so pissed off he just left, and um, and I don't like that. I don't when I'm running a game, especially I I want everybody to have a good time because that's what the heck I'm there for. Um, so I don't, I don't like it when people get, you know, grumpy and stuff. So it was really cool in this game that I ran that everybody had a really good time. I mean, even the people that lost, doesn't matter. Um, the uh, Germans did end up losing, and the, the Allies, which was made up of Americans and British, both paratroopers, um, they ended up winning. But I didn't see anybody walking away you know, feeling like they got cheated or didn't have a chance or whatever. I tried very, very hard when setting up this scenario to make sure both sides were really equal because uh, you know, I, wanted, I wanted the dice and the players to decide who wins, not, not the lists. And uh, I think that worked out real well, I think, because everybody went away happy and everybody had a good time. It was meant to be a six-turn game. And at the end of the sixth turn, whoever held the uh, held the objective was the winner. We got to the end of the sixth turn, and the uh, allies were literally about an inch away from the uh, inch away from the uh, objective, but they weren't on it. So, uh, you know, I told the guys, I said, well, we can just stop right here and say nobody won, or we can play another turn. And probably the allies are going to win, and everybody's like, "Yeah, let's let's finish this." So that's what we did, um, and I think that's kind of another indication of how much fun people were having. They didn't care that they were going to play another turn and lose; they just cared that they got to play another turn. So, um, so that's what we did, and it was um, it was almost the last die out of the bag that won the game. Actually, it was the second to the last. Um, the last I actually out was uh, was there was the allies mortar, which I don't even think he bothered to fire because basically the game was over by then. The, they had won, so I don't even think he called in a fire order. I think he just said, "Okay, we're going down" or something. But uh, yeah, so now I'm sitting here working on these miniatures and kind of losing my train of thought. But the main point of this whole babble was. Uh, Good friends getting together playing games. There is nothing better. 
And I've done so many of these conventions where I'm in the dealer room all day working, and then at night I just get off work, go have dinner, and I'm just so exhausted I go to sleep. And I was exhausted this time too after each day, but still made the effort to go out and play a game. And it just made the convention so much more fun. I mean, it's nice to be there in the dealer room selling things, you know, making money, all that good stuff, meeting people. But, man, you got to have some fun, too. And that's what we were able to do this time. And it was great. And my, uh, my employee, Hayden, went with me. This was his first gaming convention. And so, f therefore, of course, it was his first gaming convention that he worked at. And, boy, that kid did a really good job. And, uh, and he had a great time, too, and he's going to be back at all the conventions, I'm sure, because for a young guy to get away for a weekend, get out of the desert, go to the big city, have an entire weekend of gaming fun, yeah, that's a, that's a good time. And make money and, uh, and meet people and all that, so that worked out really great for him and worked out really great for me because I usually do these conventions... Uh, by myself lately um, and it's a little hard when you're running a booth and you know you need to get away to go get some food or go use the restroom or, or just go look around you know and go say hi to people it's hard to do when you're the only guy there so having him there was was uh, was real good glad that happened and he'll be permanent fixture at the booth as long as he stays with the company so that's cool so what else is going on? Um, well, the big news this week is is uh, bolt action news. And that is the uh, Western Desert releases. They're releasing a Western Desert campaign book. Uh, British Eighth Army Starter Army, British Eighth Army Infantry Box, uh, Desert Africa Corps Starter Army, and Desert Africa Corps uh, Infantry Box as well as like the usual medium machine gun teams, HQ teams, medium mortar teams for both sides, and a few vehicles, all being released this week. Um, this Saturday the 8th is the official drop date for all this stuff. Uh, my stuff is, I say my stuff, the stuff for my company. We're stocking quite a lot of this stuff. I got a huge shipment on the way from England right now that'll be here Friday the 8th, so we'll actually go live with it Friday. Um, which is what I kind of think they intended, people to start selling Friday and then the whole weekend. Um, the stuff I've seen so far, and I've seen the, I've seen the sprues for the uh, DAC guys, the Desert Africa Corps guys, and the sprues for the 8th Army guys. Um, I'm putting together some of the DAC guys right now. That's exactly what I'm working on while I'm talking to you guys. Um, as you would expect with all products that a company like Warlord would make, every single release is a little better than the last. Um, that is absolutely the case here. The detail on these guys is amazing. The facial expressions, the uh, equipment, it's all just amazing. The way they fit together is great. Um, I don't know any other way to say it is that just this is the best of the best so far. And, you know, when they do their next release in a couple of months or six months or whatever, they'll probably even be better. I'm not sure how, but I'm sure they will because they just keep getting better at what they're doing. But these guys are, you know, they're, I'll have, I'm going to be posting some pictures when I do a, uh, when I do a video podcast. I'm going to review these on a video. 
and also on the in the game room uh, in the game room website in the game room.com that's what I'm trying to say uh, on that website the blog there's a bunch of pictures already of some of the Africa Corps guys I just put them together sprayed them with white primer and took pictures of them I didn't do any shaving off of the uh, mold lines or anything like that I didn't clean anything up I just shot them with primer you know sort of straight out of the box so you can see the the quality that uh, that they are so if you go to inthegameroom.com you'll see a whole gallery of pictures of the some of the Africa Corps guys I think I did uh, five regular standing running kneeling guys and then uh, I think I did two two or three of the prone guys um, and they they just look great so that's uh, that's kind of the exciting news in bolt action this week the uh, the book the western desert uh, campaign book I haven't seen it yet I can't really say much about it but I've heard people reporting that it is a great book. It's a big book as far as you know the amount of content that's in it. A lot of lists, a lot of campaigns, a lot of background information. So that'll be fun. Um, like I said, we're getting the stuff in at gcmini.com this uh, Friday. I'm not sure what time, but the minute it hits our door, we'll put it live on the website. I've already got everything entered in, got pictures up, I've got everything, but it's all just hidden from view for the moment because I don't I don't believe in selling anything till I actually have it in my hand, so that's what we're waiting for. Uh, the second the big round toy truck delivers, we'll turn them on and they'll be ready for sale. Um, if you're thinking about getting into 28mm wargaming uh, and playing World War II and the Desert War interests you, this might be the time to get into bolt action because, like I said, these figures are they're the best they've done so far. And um, I don't think I'm overstating anything there. That is truly what they are. So have a look at those, see what you think. And if you are a bolt action player and you haven't done any desert stuff, well, now's the time because it's all good. Um, let's see, we've gone about 18 minutes here. I like to keep these under about 20, so that might be about it for now. Um, I do want to mention real quick on my workbench, I just finished two of the new uh, Rubicon models of the German 222 and 223 armored cars. And those models are just amazing. They are, even if you weren't, even if I wasn't a war gamer, I would have enjoyed just building those just to build them as models because they are really, really cool looking uh, armored cars. Uh, the 222 is the uh, machine gun and light auto cannon version, the 223 is the radio car with the uh, medium machine gun. Is it a medium or a light? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, they're just beautiful models. This is an audio podcast, so I can't show you, but I'm pretty sure if you go to inthegameroom.com, there are going to be some pictures there and perhaps even a video where I talk about them. So you might want to check that out. So there we go. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast. I probably didn't. When I was at Historicon, I bought the, uh, I bought a kit, an MDF building kit called the Pavlov's House. Bought it from a company called Things from the Basement, and I'm working on that. I've got the basic structure all built. Now it's it's down to detailing and some interior stuff, but man, oh man, that's an amazing building. Um, again, audio podcast here. I can't really show it to you. But uh, go to inthegameroom.com, and I'm sure you're going to see some content there about the Pavlov's house 
every time I say that, I want to say Pavlov's dog, but no, it's the pa Pavlov's house, and it's just this big, giant building kit where all the floors are removable, so it's all playable inside and out. Um, well, yeah, I'm starting to say um a lot, so let's knock it off here, and we'll see you guys next time, and until then, keep on gaming.